Episode 413, Madam Web. Welcome to Level 7. <laughs> a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I should be a little bit more excited about being back on microphone with a co-host here, Samantha. Welcome. Say it like you mean it, Ben. Welcome. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben, Ben Avery. This is Welcome to Level 7, where we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, but really, Samantha... No. (laughs) Or I hope not. Um, I mean, it's definitely somehow part of the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. Somehow. Mm. Uh, If anyone would care to explain to me how this fits in, it just... uh, I mean, definitely it's that whole Sony universe. It's the Marvel Sony uh cinematic ver- universe or whatever marvel spider-man cinematic universe yeah so it's right there with venom venom 2 and mobius well but I re- it I doesn't read... achieve the heights of of achievement that those movies made no <laughs> that they met except mobius no it doesn't get any i like uh it's right uh, there with Mobius. It's way at the bottom of the list. It's just, you know, we need to have a dumpster fire category right below our list. There, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I really wish I had gone out the gate here and, and tried to, to hide my true feelings a little bit and, and tried to say something like, you know, I went into this movie thinking this and this and this, and then I came out still thinking this is this, but, um, but I already kind of ruined that surprise. But, I mean, here's the thing. Um, it uh, it just doesn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. So mm-hmm. here's here's what we're gonna do, everyone. We're gonna actually talk about a little bit of news here, um, and and some of the Marvel Cinematic news that's been been out and about right now, and then we're going to uh, do a non spoiler conversation, and then we we might play the spoiler organ and 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 do a spoiler conversation, but. I mean, my review of this movie does not need spoilers to, I think, be effective. Um, there is one piece of one compliment that I would give to this that I kind of enjoyed, that I kind of liked, that is a spoiler. There are other things I liked, but they aren't spoilers. But um, but the one that I, I did, like, there's one thing that stuck out and I was like, that that's good. I like that. And I can't talk about that with someone who hasn't seen the movie unless they don't mind it being spoiled. But listeners, have you seen Madam Web? Have you? Cause, cause you know, who's not seen Madam Web Stuart. He didn't, he didn't go. He, he didn't go. He didn't feel like he had to go. I don't know how he got out of doing that. 
Like, I, can you I just say no? Go. Yeah, well, and and the truth is, if both of you had not gone, I was I was prepared to just go solo on it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I <sighs> very, very, almost did not go at all. Um, and then I was looking at our list for um, movies for the MCU multiverse for the rest of the year, and. We only have one actual MCU Marvel movie, and the rest are Sony Universe movies. And the and one actual is also kind of the multiverse movie. Yeah, it's a it's a multiverse. It's, it's tying in multiverse stuff. It's not necessarily a uh, uh, a full movie that's just a prime timeline, so to speak. But true. But yeah, so it is now confirmed it's a multiverse movie in the Marvel universe. It's Oh yeah, I mean that the trailer yeah. came out. So yeah. uh, Deadpool and Wolverine uh trailer has yes. hit and and a big big part of the trailer was the the TVA. Yes. I was surprised the by time that. Time Variance Authority. Yeah. No, I And and then I was like, "No, that makes sense. That's a great way to pull him into this to this universe." It, I love it. And then they show a bunch of other things that uh also play into that multiverse with mm-hmm. with uh, what look to be various uh, versions of of Wolverine um, and th- Deadpool, different, different versions of Deadpool and yeah. um, Pyro was in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the one one good thing that might come out of the I shouldn't say the one good thing. People are going to like the movie. I know they will. Daniel's going to love it. He's are I think already planning on possibly joining us to talk about it, but it does kind of bring into the fold those X-Men movies and might get people to rewatch some of those older X-Men movies. And yeah. if that's the case, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. You but, know, Ben, Ben, I was thinking if Daniel's going to be here, you might be able to sit that movie out. I'm not going to though. Okay. I'm not. And I might even go back and rewatch or not rewatch. Um, catch up, I should say, on on the Deadpool one and two. Okay, we'll see. And I have been scrubbing the the internet for the um Deadpool two. You know, once upon a Deadpool PG thirteen version, just for uh-huh. you, because I know that's the version you would prefer. Is it out there? It's I cannot find it anywhere. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But it exists. I have seen it. There are images on the internet. There used to be commercials for it. I know those are up on YouTube. <laughs> Fred Savage is in it as um, the character he played in The Princess Bride. It's it has that that storytelling frame <laughs> where Deadpool has Fred Savage tied to that bed. I mean, and it's quite yeah. hilarious because it's a, well, adult Fred Savage. <laughs> we'll you know we'll we'll see if we can find that, but yeah, um, you know maybe. Closer to Deadpool and Wolverine being released, that may pop back up. Yeah, it may. I, I know people were kind of upset by it, even I liked though, it. like, they did a. I, I feel like they did an artistic job, just from what I know about it. Um, trying to do the, the toned down version that's not just a, an edited, you know, censored version. You know, yeah, like where they're making fun of the fact that we're censoring it or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, eh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, yeah. I mean, anything's better than what what we sat through last week. Anything is better. 
<laughs> than what we sat through last week. Okay, so if I hear you moaning and groaning about going to see Deadpool, I will just say Madam Web, it's and then not you Madam can... Web. That's what you can say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, there are going to be places where you're going going to be very uncomfortable, but you'll be laughing at places. I know <sighs> you will. We'll we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I just I I hate the character. Like, I don't, that's. I, I get it. That's the other thing. Like, it's not just content. And and there is some content stuff that I know I need to be wary of just as far as like my thresholds and what I allow and, and that kind of thing and, and what I appreciate and don't appreciate. But um, I hate the character. I can't stand Deadpool. I understand. <laughs> I mean, so. there's like an adult, like, like n- no sense of humor adult side of me. That's like, I should not like Deadpool. Deadpool is is irreverent. It is, you know, it goes against so much stuff. And then I find it, I end up watching it and the teenage weirdo kid in myself just emerges and, and I start laughing and enjoying it, you know, against <laughs> that, you know, unfunny adult version of, of myself. <laughs> so that, that Deadpool, makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. It yeah. does. That Deadpool tra- uh, trailer was a, um, a recent news item kind of a thing. Uh, another recent news item is, uh, especially with a superhero relation, is um, we have a date and we have a cast, or partial cast anyway, for Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Yep, looking um, forward to that. And the Mandalorian. Uh, he's He's playing Reed Richards. <laughs> he's just the actor that you get to put into any franchise from now on. <laughs> yes. I, I'm just wondering who is the little kid that he's going to be protecting in this movie. Cause I, I didn't see anything, any casting about Franklin or anything. So we do love Pedro Pascal. He's great. <laughs> he's wonderful. Uh, and micro. Is, My, yeah. It, the guy that plays micro from, he's the from thing. Luke Cage. Well, well from uh, Punisher. Punisher, yeah, 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 yeah. Punisher, yeah. Same universe, <laughs> but yeah, Punisher, the uh, micro from Punisher, who was also mentioned in episode one of Agents of Shield. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, and then I don't know anything about the actress that they hired to play Sue, but um, uh, her last name is Kirby. Hold on, which is I, also kind of cool. I cannot remember. If I've seen her in something, hold on. So, I mean, Vanessa with Kirby. Jack Kirby being one of the people instrumental in bringing the Fantastic Four to life and in doing some of the amazing things that that comic book did, having someone playing uh, one of the Fantastic Four with the last name of Kirby. I don't know if she's related at all. I don't know anything about her. But... Oh, I've seen her work. She played young Princess Margaret in The Crown. I think, yeah, seasons one and two. She was fantastic. Like, absolutely fantastic in that role. Yeah. And and they've also cast an actor to play Johnny Storm. (laughs) I don't know. Joseph Quinn. I'm a little prepared for this, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Joseph Quinn. He was in Stranger Things. He played Eddie Munson in the most previous season. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was All the right. um, denim vest wearing rock and roll guy. 
going to the upside down and playing, you know, just shredding a guitar. That guy. Yeah. All right. That's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So they have a really solid cast here. Yeah. And then there's, you know, still to be cast. They have Silver Surfer and uh, probably Dr. Doom. There's rumors that the big bad is going to be Galactus. Um, you know who the big bad is not going to be? Who? Kang. Uh. It is not going to be Kang. And that whole situation has not panned out well for Jonathan Majors. Sadly. And, you know, looking at the way Loki season two ended, it actually can be a satisfying conclusion to that character. And if Marvel never wants to work with Jonathan Majors again, I think that they are going to be just fine not working with him. And now there's rumors coming out saying that they're going to be doing a pivot anyway, away yeah. from that King storyline. And I think that that's not the worst idea in the world. I feel like, you know, you've got plenty of options with Dr. Doom. You've got plenty of options with many, many other, other directions you can go in, go ahead go in those directions and you know yeah yeah there's two things that they could do they could either recast the character or which would be difficult because jonathan majors was just so divine in that role and i'm not saying that he was right to you know what he did was right i'm not saying that what i am saying is that it's just from the mcu point of view it's just unfortunate yeah, yeah. There, there's always this tension of can you separate the the creation from the creator, you know, yeah. and whether it's a whether it's an author or an actor or a director, you know, I mean, people throw out Roman Polanski as a as a great example of this, where he definitely did some yeah. awful things. Uh, another one is the the guy from Seventh Heaven. Um played the father and oh, yeah. uh, yeah. played played uh, Decker in, in uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. And, you know, he has tarnished that squeaky family clean uh, TV show. Cosby would be another example Yeah, where, I mean, the guy, it, it, you can't deny he's hilarious, but do you want to laugh at him anymore? You know, and, and so there's, and everyone again, you know, will have their own, their own limits and everyone will have their own, um, line that they aren't willing to cross. And, and Jonathan majors, you know, crossed many, many people's lines already. And it's just, okay. So what do you, what do you do? What do you do? Mm. And I, generally speaking, I tend to land on the side of, well, I can kind of separate things kind of generally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain people who are just like, I, I have no interest in anything that they've done and have no interest in revisiting anything that they've done. Um, you know, and, and it becomes retro hate, you know, where I retroactively don't like this anymore because of that person doing this really terrible thing. Um, and so I, I go back and forth, you know, because then the other thing is there's there's forgiveness and there's, you know, you have the these other stories, but then you have a Robert Downey Jr. who did have a redemption arc in real life. Um, yeah. So. You know, after he goes, he's somebody's going to make a movie about RDJ. They may even call the movie RDJ. 
And it, it's going to be this really lovely story. I, I just know it in my heart. They may even do it before he goes. Maybe. I mean, yeah, but maybe yeah. there'll be a there'll be some actor just waiting in the ra- the wings to jump in, like like RDJ did with with Chaplin. Maybe. And so you have the Chaplin uh, version of of his life. Maybe. Because I was um, thinking about right after, right when RDJ was trying to reboot his career after getting out of prison, somebody wrote an article for uh, Reader's Digest. And it was this really beautiful article about what kind of person he is, even when he was going through his really terrible drug phase. And she was at some sort of presentation. Uh, Her grandmother was there. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was there, and her grandmother tripped, fell, and cut her head open. And RDJ just took off his jacket and wrapped it around her head, and he was joking around trying to make his grandma- this grandmother lady feel really comfortable in this really terrifying situation. They called an ambulance. He just tried to calm the the, the grandmother down. And then the... Art- uh, the woman who wrote the article, it was right. Um, she ran into him many years later after he got out of re, uh, prison and he was recovering and trying to reboot his career. And she said, Hey, I wonder if you remember this day and my grandmother cut her head open and you were really fantastic with her. I just want to say, thank you. You were lovely that day. And I know you're, you're, you've gone through a lot since then. And I'm, I'm glad you're still here. And he said, Thank you. I I really needed to hear that today. I mean, so I mean, just from that article, I can I just got the feeling that he really is just a really lovely person, and he's gone through a lot. And I'm glad that he's recovered, and I'm I'm glad his career is back on track because he is a wonderful actor. Yeah, and we got okay, some I, I will get great down performances my out of now. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's that. Uh, other superhero news. Oh, Fantastic Four uh, will be competing with Superman Legacy. I don't remember the official date for Superman Legacy, but they're both going to be in July of 2025, I believe. Yeah, and uh, Fantastic Four will be released on July 25th. Okay. So, and it'll be Marvel versus DC in in the theaters that yeah. month. It'll be we'll interesting. See what happens. It'll be we'll see what happens. Um, some other big superhero news. Oh, I'll go ahead and say it. I wasn't going to, I was going to say it. And then I thought maybe I shouldn't, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then Samantha, we can decide if we want to cut this out because it's not MCU, okay. but, um, okay. but it'll go out to the patrons, but there is in development, a Larry boy feature film based on the <laughs> veggie tales <laughs> character, Larry boy. It'll be in theaters in 2026. And relevant to your interests, you might know one of the writers on that movie. Gee, who has he been? It's me. I'm a part of the writer's <laughs> team of Veggie Tales, uh, Larry Boy movie. I'm very excited about this. And uh, yeah, relevant to your interests, some of you. Uh, don't hate me too much if, if it's not your thing. But um Yeah. Yeah, there's there's really no details to talk about, and even if there was, I can't talk about it anyway. But um, we are just getting started. We are in that kind of pre pre development, 
and we're about ready to step into development. So, well, good news. There's a market for you. (laughs) There is. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And I'm very excited to jump into things. And yeah. So the other thing I want to say is uh, to people who are listening to this podcast right now, thank you for sticking with us and picking back up with us as we've kind of, you know, took some time off um, and it kind of happens every once in a while here. And welcome to level seven. As you know, this is not our uh, day job by, by any stretch of the imagination, but it is um, something we, you know, we will let you know if we're ever going to not do this show anymore. Like if, yeah. we're, if we're going to close this down, we're not going to pod fade. We're going to let you know. Um, but we are, we are back. We're going to try and get back caught up, but we're going to get caught up our own way, you know, which means we probably aren't going to get caught up anytime soon. But uh, I, I do think it's interesting that the one thing we said, Hey, we have to get on microphone right away in a timely <laughs> manner is this. Uh, I just want to get it over with. It's but like seriously, this. I, I want to finish. I really do want to finish Loki season two, and I really do want to talk about Echo. Echo was fantastic. Loki season two is fantastic, but things ha- yeah, are happening in all of our lives right now. So we don't want to give away too much about how we feel about Loki season two. But I feel like the ending of Loki season two was absolutely wonderful. Oh, it was the chef's it- kiss. I mean, there was no real through line to this phase where you feel like they're building towards something and and then they get to that thing they're building towards and you're like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. But Loki season two, while not everything was building toward that, it, it felt like it, it, that along with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 are, are just highlights of this phase for me. Yeah. And both of those, in, in some ways, this phase is kind of about closing a chapter, closing a book even, mm-hmm. and, and opening new chapters. And so you have something like Hawkeye, where that could very well be Hawkeye's last hurrah on screen, but we've got um, Hawkeye now. I, I can't remember her name, but she- Lady Hawk. Is that, what, is that what she went with? Uh, well, and I think that's her her superhero name. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and then you had Black Widow as well, you know, where we had it was a prequel movie, but it was closing the book for Black Widow and opening the book for Yelena. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, so that's kind of this phase is is closing things down and and starting new chapters and and maybe, you know. In, in the process there, they were like Kang. <laughs> but even then it was half-hearted. Like they, before they knew that they weren't going to be doing the Kang stuff, it just felt half-hearted. It didn't feel like it was a big thing. It was not a Thanos thing. It was just a Ant-Man and Loki. That was, that was kind of it. Yeah. It, it's just, I think, if they still had Jonathan Majors on board, I think they could still build from here. But where we ended with Kang in Loki, I feel like, okay, that's all right. 
Yeah, let's yeah. start fresh with something else. Maybe we could revisit the Kang character later down the road with with another actor, or maybe bring back Jonathan Majors. You know, let's see how that or works just out. Forget about Kang. Or just You've forget got about Dr. it. Doom. You've got Doctor Doom. You've got Secret Wars coming up. Yeah, that is. Uh, you know, Beyonder in Secret Wars is is a more than a Thanos level threat if you want him to be. I mean, there, there's so many things. Just forget about Kang. I'm forgetting about Kang until they tell me to stop forgetting about Kang, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll stop. He, but Jonathan Majors in the Loki stuff. I mean, wow. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the next big thing. Madam Webb. Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. The next big thing or the next forgettable We're here to talk thing. about Garfield without Garfield. <laughs> we're here to talk about a Spider-Man universe that's, ah, uh, my word. <sighs> you know, this was not the movie that Dakota Fanning signed up, signed up for. Did you know that? I, what did she sign up for? She signed up for a film where um, Cassie's job was to protect uh, Peter Parker's mom as she was pregnant with him. But the script changed so much that it became something unrecognizable. And she's just, I got the feeling that she's like, okay, let's just film this movie, get it over with and get out. Have you watched any of her press stuff that she's yeah, been doing? Poor thing. She is just not enthusiastic about doing press for this movie. No. And understandable. Yeah. But and, and she's the only one they're trotting out. Yeah. Like the other three leads, they're they're not doing any press. And yeah. uh and, and Ezekiel, whoever played Ezekiel, the the primary bad guy. Tahar Rahim. Well, I'm, he's not he's not out in front of cameras. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be because I think his part changed significantly even after they shot it. And because there's ADR all over the place in his in his lines. It's they I think they rewrote things that he like they were like, great cut print. And then months later, they're like, come on back in, try and lip sync as close as you can, but say different words. <laughs> I wasn't paying that close attention. Oh, that even, just, that makes it worse. Yeah. 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 So here's my overview, my, my broad overview. I don't have a seven word movie review for this. Uh, I, I didn't feel like putting the time into that, but there's here's plot mine. holes. Here's mine. And it's oh, less than seven words. Don't okay. worry about seeing this movie. <laughs> Don't worry about seeing this Six. movie. Six words. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got plot holes. You got clunky dialogue. You've got um, things that just don't make sense where characters are doing dumb things just because you need to do it for the plot to move forward. You've got ideas that are actually decent ideas, but they don't get any follow through. Uh, you know what? Even, even what year this movie is set in is, is kind of wonky. It's definitely supposed to be 2003. 
Is it supposed to be 2003? Okay, because mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie with the Breakfast in, in Tiffany's song, or Breakfast at Tiffany's song, at first I thought it was 1996. Um, the, the very beginning was 73. Yeah, yeah. There's And then they jump forward yeah. to 2003. Okay. And, you know, and they definitely, you know, you got the, the one Beyonce poster, super famous. You had Toxic with uh, Britney Spears playing yeah. in one of the scenes, very important scene, apparently. <laughs> I will say this about the Toxic thing. You know, her power, Cassie's power, Madam Webb's power, they never actually call her that, but um, her power is to be able to kind of see into the future. And um, and there's some, you know, back and forth where she's kind of not quite time jumping, not quite time slipping, but almost. But there's a there's part of Toxic that where the the music runs backwards. And and the the uh, the loop that they have for parts of this, you know, they, they actually run it backwards. And I thought that was a kind of cool effect or not. A, I mean, the effect is the song and I do think it's kind of cool, but I thought it was kind of cool that they use that song that has that effect. But I'm just also thinking, am I giving them too much credit, you know, for, for doing, for choosing that in, in a song that's or in a, in a movie that's about looking forward and back in time, you have a song that uses backward uh, music loop to, and okay. I'll give them credit for it. They did it on purpose. So here's 16 year old me. I cannot stand Britney Spears. I just, just don't care for her. Um, and now that I look back on it as an adult, I realize, Oh, there was a lot of manipulation around going on and a lot of bad things that were going on around her. And it's not necessarily entirely her fault. Um, but, you but, know, just like we're saying, just because someone does something bad, how, you know, what, what kind of forgiveness do you give as far as consuming what they have created? Just yeah. because bad things happen to someone doesn't mean you have to like what they've created. That's true. But it's just because of that, I just never really paid that much attention to Toxic, the song. So I didn't realize that part of it was played backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the kind of electronic strings where it's um, and then there's a place where it's where they play that backwards. It goes, um, okay. Yeah. It, and then for some reason, I don't know why that part of the song has stuck out to me, but whenever I hear that song, that's like, Oh, that's the song with the thing. I don't know if there was someone pointed it out. I don't know if there's something on NPR about it. I don't know. But at some point in time, when that song was popular, that, that was pointed out to me or I noticed it. And now, you know, it shows up in this movie. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. Now the scene itself that makes the song so important. Oh, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> what? Why are they? Okay. But it goes back to that. There's just so many times when you have characters doing things that are just kind of dumb. And it's like, If they were editing this in post and trying to fix things in post to make it so that this movie was what the production producers wanted it to be or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I, I could, I could see that, but I also could see it. Was this the original vision? Could have been, I don't know, 
but they did mm. not come out with anything great. There's one thing. It's not the spoiler thing that I'm talking about here, but Adam Scott, every scene he was in was great. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Scott was great. Emma, I did not even recognize Emma Roberts. She plays Mary Parker, who's pregnant with, with supposedly oh. Peter. Okay. I did not recognize her. They didn't actually name him. They played this <laughs> name game thing where it's like Ben uh, is is talking to uh, um, Cassie and he's like, yeah, I'm a uh, found this girl. I really like her. She might be the one. <laughs> What's her name? Cut. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to let the name be said because we don't want people to know it could be May. Um, and then, uh, they do the same thing with, with, uh, oh, is it Mary? Is that the mom's name? Mary Parker, who's married to Ben's brother and which makes Ben the uncle of the child in her womb. Uh, and they do this, they, they even like have a party game at the baby shower where they're like let's play guess the baby's name and everyone is going to try and guess what she's going to name her child i i that might be a real game for baby showers but i mean come on i've come never on. played it because a th- billion names in this world yeah I, i've i've never played that game at a baby shower because in this day and age if you you can have an early gender reveal well before the baby is born and so i mean most of the time when i go to a baby shower i already know the baby's name well so. and, and the other thing is people are like i'm gonna hide this name i don't want anyone to hear this name because i don't want anyone taking this name yeah that's a good reason and you know i mean but anyway yeah. But like recently I had a relative who they they had a child in the past few months and they he and the wife were still discussing the baby's name as he was like 3 days old. <laughs> so I think that's and that's when they settled on the baby's name because they had to go home and they had to have a birth certificate. So yeah, they had to put something yeah. on it. So um yeah, they did settle on a really good name. Um but I think they were like three or four that they were trying to figure out, okay, which ones do we want to keep? Which ones do we want to maybe save for later? Most of our kids, we knew what their name was before they were born, but we waited until we saw the child to make sure like we had the name in in mind, but we waited. And so like when my first was born, once we saw him, we're like, yeah, he's, he's a Tim. He's a Timmy. That makes sense. And, and uh, yeah, my, my one daughter, my second child but first daughter she was one we didn't exactly know uh pam had one name that she kind of was was excited about and and i wasn't too excited about but then um pam had to sleep off the birth it was just a it was long and she mm-hmm. was tired and so i got to just hold ellen for just a few hours it was just me holding her oh. and uh and I got to like, I'm just like looking at her and just thinking, yeah, I think, I think Pam is right. I think, I think it is Ellen. Aww. So yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, we can't talk about specifics, but I mean, in general, there's, there's clunky dialogue. There's stuff that doesn't make sense. There's things that, 
like I said, plot holes. There's the the whole climax climax of the movie is the stupidest check off something that has ever happened where they mention something at the beginning of the movie about this thing, this place. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, well, we're going to use this as our weapon because we don't have any superpowers because they don't have any superpowers. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. None of this is a bad thing necessarily. If this was 1990, it's been a, a perfectly serviceable action adventure movie that kind of has some sci-fi elements in it with the being able to see into the future. But then it's, it's, it's all Spider-Man related. And so you have these three characters who look like they're wearing Spider-Man's costume. You have the bad guy who looks like he's wearing Spider-Man's costume. And then you have like the dumbest reason for them to look like this and for the, them to use the style of costume when Spider-Man doesn't exist, because that's the whole thing is in the Spider-Man comics and in everything, you know, all the cartoons of Spider-Man, anyone who's a spider character is riffing on the original Spider-Man. And so your spider verse, you know, your spider verse is that there's a Spider-Man all over the place, but it's, you know, and and so you have, but in the comics, you have spider woman show up. Why does she look like she looks because Spider-Man looked like that, you know, and you have spider girl, uh, who was, uh, an alternate future, uh, with Peter and, and Mary Jane. And why did she look like that? Because she had spider powers and that's what her dad wore. And yeah. And so you have, like I said, it's Garfield with our Garfield. It's, it's Spider-Man without Spider-Man. And it just doesn't make sense. No. It just doesn't make sense. And setting it in 2003, that means it's, it's not Tobey Maguire. It's not Andrew Garfield. It could possibly be Tom Holland, possibly, especially if you factor in that, uh, you know, he was gone for five years with the the snap. Yeah. And the timeline and it setting this movie. Yeah. I was thinking about that setting this movie in 2003. It could be Tom Holland. It could. I think that's because I, I had heard that it was set in 1993 originally and that this is actually was originally going to be Andrew Garfield's universe. And so that would mean that the venom and Mobius movies would also be Andrew Garfield's universe. It was all potentially Andrew Garfield. That would be, and you know what, that would work out just fine because that way they wouldn't have to, you know, do any business with Marvel, but this is not Marvel. This is in association with Marvel Sony universe. (laughs) But I mean, it's not now. Like it's just not. Yeah. And I think your 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 breakfast at Tiffany's, although was that was post nineteen ninety three though, wasn't it? Oh well, after I remember specifically winter of nineteen ninety six. I was snowed in. I just happened to be spending the weekend at my friend's house because my parents were going to be out of town. I remember we were snowed in, and we were playing Uno, and this song came on the radio, and we discussed how much we were sick of hearing the song because it was on the radio every 15 minutes or seemingly. Oh yeah. I have a very it's 1993 though. 1993. Oh no. It the, is from 1993. The original version from the band was released in 1993. 
But the one, the radio hit that you hear on the radio now every once in a while, that was not released until very late 1995. So Deep Blue Something did a version of the song in 93. Yeah, and they re-recorded it for a, an album that was released in 95. They had it on an earlier record. I think it was maybe for like a smaller label. I mean, you could be right about it being like – it was a big, taking you back to the nineties and yeah, it was a big, big hit in nineteen ninety six. That version, I remember that. And like I said, my friends and I were sitting around playing Uno, and we were just like, "Oh, this song again! We're over it." <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what else do we want to say before we jump into um uh, <laughs> spoiler stuff? Because. My theater experience. <laughs> I have a couple funny oh, notes yeah. about it. Hey, uh, theater experience and also Madam Web experience. You have any experience with this character? Um, familiar with the character at all? Not terribly familiar. I have heard of the character. I know it was a psychic character that sort of helped Spider-Man. And so um, I think maybe she did make an appearance on the 1990s Spider-Man anime- animated show. She did. That's the only reason I really know about her. I don't think. Yeah. I. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think I have any comic books with her, and I, I'm pretty. I, I'm reasonably certain I've never read any comic books with Madame Web. I may have one or two somewhere that like stuck into my collection that I haven't read, but. Uh, but it was the comic. It was the cartoon that that had my familiarity with with Madame Web. Yeah. So. Uh, so my theater experience was was boring. Uh, there was just like six other people in the theater. That was it. Yeah. Oh, I no, I do have one other element of my theater experience. It was open captioning. Oh, interesting. So I didn't realize this, but open captioning is when it's just words on the screen. Closed captioning is in a box. Yep. I didn't know that. And, but this is also not just where you have the thing. Cause I've seen this before where you have the device that you can hold mm-hmm. and, and look through and, and see the words. Um, but it's like a device that you get at the theater and walk into your theater with it. And, and then it syncs up with the movie. This was on the screen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause uh, that kind of captioning in movie theaters, either on the device or open captioning, that is specifically for people who are hearing impaired. So I'm surprised they had the open captioning. I've not seen it really advertised at all. But that's why I was like, well, first of all, what's open captioning? I know what closed captioning is. Well, I thought I did. Mm-hmm. I just thought closed captioning was just words on the screen. But apparently there's a difference between closed captioning and open captioning that I was just unaware of. And so I went and saw it and I was actually kind of glad because there were some moments where the, the mix was weird or whatever yeah. and you kind of hear. And so I got to see the words on the screen. So it's great. Yeah. In film school, this was actually a question on a test I had. Um, open captioning is permanent. It's on the screen. You cannot turn it off. It's just going to come with the film or the show. Closed captioning is an option that you have. Um, so yes, in your experience, in your theater experience, it was open probably because somebody hit the wrong setting on the screen or maybe somebody, it was, it was advertised as open captioning. Okay. 
it was intentional and it was um, advertised as the one showing. So, you, you know how you have on, on, a, on Fandango, you have um, 3D and, and whatever, normal or whatever. Yeah, and the um, 4D, this was, which is the, when you get the seats that vibrated <laughs> during certain yeah. sequences. Yeah. But it, where it, it categorizes yeah. the, the type of showing. Well, this had its own spot in a category of open caption. Huh. And I, I've never seen that before on Fandango. And it was the one that was the time slot that I needed to go see. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go see this with, with captions. Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah. So your theater experience. Okay, so Saturday afternoon... I was like, oh, I gotta go do this chore. Like, I'm 16 years old again. Oh, I gotta go to the theater. Oh, I... Uh, I'm playing the music on my radio. It's this really cool station where they play anything between classic rock and roll to disco to country music. I mean, it's just a lot of really cool, interesting mix. And um, of all the songs that could have played as I was pulling into the theater parking lot, Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues. I hear that train a coming, coming around the bend. And that kind of like dread of, oh, I don't want to be here sort of feeling. And I just started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, I'm standing, when I go on Saturday afternoons, they don't have the ticket booth open. Um, they, you have to get your ticket at the concessions. And, um, I was standing there and I was looking at the listing for the other movies. I'm like, oh, there's one, two, three, four. There's eight other movies here. I would rather see, including sitting in a seat for three hours to see the chosen episodes four through six, which I haven't seen episodes one through three. I'd love to, um, cause season four is about to premiere on the app and I'm really looking forward to it because it's, 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 oh, it's just a lovely show. Um, and I also really want to see Lisa Frankenstein because even though that's gotten some really bad reviews, it's going to be a cult classic. I know it. I'm going to go back and see it. It's, yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of other movies I would have rather seen, including two kids movies that I've already seen on streaming. I could go, I could turn on my TV right now and watch them. Uh, but they were like the $2 screenings for kids. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get up to concessions and I talk to the girl and I'm like, ah, please don't judge me. Can I please have a ticket from Madam Web? She's like, oh, no, I'm not going to judge you. And then another girl comes up and she's like, oh, I saw Madam Web. It's not as bad as you think. And I'm like, it's going to be as bad as I think. It's going to be boring. <laughs> it's not just going to be bad. It's going to be boring. It's not even going to be so bad. It's funny. Like Lisa Frankenstein is supposed to be. It's just going to be bad. Um. So, I, yeah, I, but anyways, I also had a coupon for a free screening. I was adamant I was not going to pay for this screening. And my points were about to expire anyways. So I tried to pull up that coupon on my app and it did not work. And then the, the girl at the register, um, she was very nice and she said, don't worry about it. Just go one in free. And I'm like, what? And she's like, this This happens on occasion where the app does not work. And when that happens, I know what, exactly what my manager is going to say. He's just going to say, let them in for free. Don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, 
Cool. So yeah, I did not have to pay a penny and I did not have to spend a point that I've earned on my app to see this movie. <laughs> All right. I don't feel as bad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, feel as bad anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was not a great movie. It was as bad as I thought it was going to be, but these two girls made my made it so much easier to sit in there and watch this movie. Here's the thing, Samantha. I went into this thing and you're saying uh, not as bad as you thought it was going to be or, or whatever. I went in thinking there's no way it's as bad as everyone is saying it is. There's no way. Well, it's not. And I went in hoping it was bad. going to be good. I really wanted it to be good Yeah. because, you know, and, and there were, there were good parts. Yeah. But then, then they get ruined by something stupid. Yeah. Like, it reminded I, I, me a lot of Batman and Robin. Like Batman and Robin from is mostly a hot mess. But there are a couple really good scenes and there are scenes where Bruce and Alfred are talking. And there are a couple things with editing that really annoy me about those scenes, but and it's just the pure acting between the two men in those scenes. It's it's really top notch and I just loved it so much. And it, those two connect, characters connected so much in the middle of this hot mess of a dumpster fire movie. And that's how I felt a lot about some parts of Madam Webb. There are some little jewels, but it's, it's mostly a big mess. I, I just feel like it was lazy and I might yeah. be wrong. I, 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 I hate saying these kind of things and you know, people put time into it. People mm-hmm. put thought into it, but there's, there's a scene where someone gets into a, a vehicle. They're driving their vehicle down the street. They go across a cross section or uh, intersection. Walk. No, their, their vehicle goes into the intersection and another car comes across the intersection and slams into the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this really horrible accident. Then they cut to uh, an establishing style of shot far away. So you can actually see the whole landscape there. And you realize that the person who was going across that intersection so fast, fast enough to create this horrible accident. There was like 10 yards of road on the other side of that intersection. Where were they going so fast? Were they planning to go off the road and into the river? Like (laughs) they're going so fast. And it's just this little details like that, where it's like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Again, I was not paying that close attention. (laughs) I was there to watch a movie, darn it. And I was watching it. (laughs) I I was just there to be a warm body. Not all of us had the the privilege of getting in for free. And and to say, well, I didn't pay for it, so I don't have to pay attention to it. I paid money. I'm paying attention. Hey, I was taking notes in that theater, so yeah, yeah. yeah Some parts yeah, I missed whatever. because I was looking at my phone trying to type in words. So I do need to uh, clear up the missing scene for you that you you missed out on. Okay. But, uh, there's a line, and I'm I'm just gonna say I, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. So, uh, yeah, Cassie's talking to the three younger girls mm-hmm. and she just tells them, stay here. Don't do dumb things. 
but the whole movie is just people doing dumb things. Yeah. So that's my review. All right, let's play the spoiler organ. Oh wait, uh, stars. Stars. Eh, one. Two. 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 I, I, I give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving it two stars. Okay. Well, I thought for this dumpster fire of a movie that Dakota Johnson actually did the best she could. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen anything that she's in. I've seen um, a couple things. Not the, but, that uh, that really weird Shades of Grey series. No, no. But I think I, I haven't. I, I don't know. She did the best. She wasn't she bad. She, was she wasn't not. bad, but she wasn't great. Adam Scott was wonderful. Yeah. He was absolutely wonderful. Some of the younger actresses who were playing the, the various spider women, um, they had their moments for sure. Yeah. And there was definitely, it was clear. People in front of the camera had talent. Now, whether or not they were using it or whether or not the director was pulling it out of them, whether or not the script allowed it there, they had talent. It just, wasn't always on screen, but you could see it was there. Yeah. And some of the talent behind the screen was there, but the action sequences, they just weren't put together well. No. And and I don't know who directed this movie. I, I honestly didn't pay enough attention. I probably should have prepared a little bit more. See, I have the uh, IMDb but, page up. But anyway, the director, stunt coordinators, the special effects people, it all just felt like not quite there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the special effects as people are jumping around like Spider-Man. It did not, did not work. Mm-hmm. There's a, a a fight sequence. Turns out it's a dream sequence, but there's a fight sequence. And it's just like what? Th- this this is. There's no excitement here. Oh, there's, I don't know if I should save this for after the spoiler organ, but I do have a. Well, <sighs> save it. Let's play the spoiler yeah. organ, and we'll just jump into it. People, if you have not seen it, it is. If you want to see everything Marvel, see it. Enjoy yourself as much as you can. Are you ready? Here yeah, comes the yeah. spoiler organ. Spoilers. 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 All right, Samantha, say whatever you want to say. The cinematography stuck out like a sore thumb. Good cinematography, an audience will not even notice it. But this one had so many canted moves and upside down and twisted this and that. And it just stuck out like a sore thumb and it was driving me crazy. You want a really good example of great cinematography? Okay, Godfather Part 1. Michael Corleone. Oh, that's not fair. Yes, I will compare it to The that's, Godfather. That's yes. not fair. But I have a perfect Samantha. example. I have a perfect example of what good cinematography is, and I did not even notice it before until someone pointed it out to me. It's so good. Let me just say what it is. So good cinematography, you don't notice it, period. It's like the background music. I mean, you and you won't notice it. Um so in The Godfather, Michael Corleone, he, his father has been attacked twice, and 
Michael's just, he's just switched from being a good kid to a gangster. And he's explaining what he wants to do to the people that have hurt his father. And he's explaining this scene. And I did not realize it, but there's like a slow push in on his face. A very, very, very slow push in. And I never noticed it until someone pointed out that the push in stops when he says, and then I will shoot him. That's fantastic cinematography. I'm sure you can go and find the scene on YouTube. I'm sure you could pause the po- uh, podcast right now and go and look for it. That's not that's not fair, Samantha. But that is a Madden master. Web? That is a master at his craft yes. doing some of his best work ever. Yes. And, and you're going to no. Yes, come on. and that's 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 like a five star that's a six star movie, okay? Let's go off the scale. That's a wonderful superb <laughs> movie. Again, Madam Webb is a hot fire because they can't keep that camera still. They can't. And they're doing all twist. They're doing all like rookie stuff that you're you're taught not to do in film school. Yeah, it, but I'll, I'll give them credit, though. Here's where I'll give them credit in for certain that. Scenes, because in certain scenes, they're, yes. They're trying to do superhero spider stuff. And how does the spider move? You know, the jump and the move and the upside down and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they did it for characters that were not spider people. And they also didn't do it well. But they did it on Cassandra's mom in the beginning of the movie. She's looking for a spider. But she's not a spider person. So here's what I want to know. There's little things like this, right? She's out there taking pictures. She's the photographer. Yeah. But Who it's, took her picture? It, it, I, I don't know. There's a picture of her taking pictures <laughs> that someone took. But... And, <laughs> like, it... it I don't know. Did did Ezekiel have like one of those little range point and click finder, range finder point and click I cameras? I, I, I don't know. Okay. Ezekiel gets his spider, right? Mm-hmm. What did he do with it? Because that was going to get him lots and lots of money. And apparently it did get him lots and lots of money. He's got all the money he could want. He's got this great apartment. Uh, the only thing is he knows he's going to die at some point in the future because he's going to get killed by these spider women. And, 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 so he's now apparently this ultra rich, powerful guy who can get all the equipment he wants and he's able to, you know, tap into the national security administration or whatever. And, uh, what did he do to get all that money with that spider? Cause he has the spider. He's rich in his apartment and there's still a spider. Now, maybe that's just, maybe it bred. No, he only had one. It couldn't breed. That's the same spider. I think he he let himself be bitten by the spider, and then he used those powers for his own gain. For the most evil okay. of evils, because he's willing to kill um, these three teenage girls for something they haven't even done yet. Hey, he was willing to kill a pregnant woman. And a pregnant woman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is... he's He did not have a save the cat moment. Okay. No. Like he, he, you know, you, you want your good, your bad guy to, to, you know, at least believe in himself as a good guy. He didn't have that. Yeah. Like Thanos. I understood Thanos's point of view. I understood he was trying to save the universe. 
but going about okay. it in a very wrong way. This guy was just evil just to be evil. And <laughs> So the script sets up a situation for Madam Webb with these three girls who are going to kill Ezekiel later on. All of them just happen to have horrible home lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's going to kind of, quote unquote, adopt them and give them the family unit that she never had. Except one of them, she, her, her father still has custody and like he's, they, they kind of make it look like he's, he doesn't care about her and maybe he doesn't, but like, there's a lot of illegal stuff that Madam Webb is doing here. Yeah. And she takes them away and she leaves them with Ben, right? She leaves them with Ben. Ben is taking care of his sister-in-law because Ben's brother is off doing who knows what super spy stuff or something. And so when Ben has to take his sister-in-law to the hospital oh my gosh. because her water broke. I know exactly what you're going to say. The back Why did they go with him? I don't know, but why did they put the pregnant why? lady in labor who is leaking fluid everywhere in the back seat of a two-seater or a two-doored vehicle? It would be difficult for a woman in that state to get into the back seat, would it not? It's difficult for me when I'm not in labor. It's difficult. I'm, I'm small. It's hard for me to get back in those seats. Listen, <laughs> mm. uh, the ambulance is on its way. The ambulance is on its way, and then they put and they leave anyway. Her, but and- when they leave, they take the three people who aren't supposed to leave the house. So these girls have been making dumb decisions the mm. entire movie, but now it's Ben and and Mary or whatever her name is. They're the ones making the stupid decisions here. Yeah. Let's all go to the hospital where there's even more cameras where people can find you. And that's how they, that's how they get found is because a camera catches them through the window of the car. They would have never been found by Ezekiel. If they just stayed in the house where they were living. These girls don't have a history of staying in one place when they're on by themselves. <laughs> Who's taking three teenagers to a delivery for somebody they're not even related to? What is <sighs> What are they thinking? What is Ben thinking? Hey, girls, come on. Let's all go. What? Come on. Mm. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Nope. This entire movie doesn't make sense. Come on. The girls are supposed to stay in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's already kind of weird. <laughs> oh. They're hungry. They ate the beef jerky from the taxi. And then they make uh, that glove box. A- awkward joke about Martha Stewart, which the actresses themselves, I could tell, did not understand the joke. They tried. <laughs> it let- We're going to come back to some awkward jokes, by the way. Yeah. But they decide we're going to walk across the forest. First of all, how did they navigate the forest when they, you know, they, they were able to navigate the forest though and and make a shortcut. So they didn't have to travel down the road or whatever to go to the diner. They go to the diner, the whole thing. This is where the toxic was playing Mm -hmm. and dancing on the table with these boys that they just met. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is the stupidest scene I've ever watched. The cinematography, you want to talk bad cinematography. That scene is bad cinematography. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, just the, you know, the way that they're cutting around them. And I don't know if they couldn't fit the camera into the diner or whatever. So it's these like weird angled shots of their feet dancing on the tie on the table, but their feet are barely moving. And they're, it just, it, it was awkward. It was silly. It was dumb. And then Ezekiel shows up and, and we get the whole scene where, where he kills them all. And it turns out that was a flash forward vision. Yeah. Which is great. I saw that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But then the way that she wins is she just drives the taxi right through the, the front door of the diner <laughs> and hits him with the car. <sighs> so then you have a later scene in that diner. She returns to the diner and there's a psychic argument that she has with Ezekiel. And this is not making any sense. What? Where did this come from? Yeah. Okay. You're talking about the cinematographer having a hard time moving around that camera in that diner. Shame on him. Because in Superman Part 2, there's a scene in a very, very narrow, like, it's built out (laughs) of a trailer car diner sort of situation. It's very tiny space. And they still filmed a very successful sequence in that, in that. If they could film a sequence in that, if they could film a sequence, like a whole movie, Apollo 13 was filmed in this very, very tiny space for the most of it. Well, but it's modular too. It's like with Apollo 13, they're able to pull things out, put things back in and move things around. Same with the bridge of the enterprise, you know, no, 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 no. In Apollo 13, a lot of that was filmed in zero gravity on an actual airplane, you know? Oh, so they weren't like, well, so they were in a very confined space and they still did some really great cinematography in that movie. This one has all the room in the world inside of a soundstage and they can't handle it. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Your Superman two example. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Godfather. No, but Superman two. Yes, I, I, that's fair. I was just trying to throw out an example of cinematography. <laughs> you may not have noticed. That's excellent. I, I know, I know, but, but yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. This left such a bad taste in my mouth. And that is, there's a couple things that Cassie says to Ben that are referencing the future of the Ben character, the uncle Ben character. One of them is forgivable. It's the script doing a wink and a nod where she says, what you've never been shot at before in Queens. Which, you know, okay, that that's that's a tragic foreshadowing in in the form of a ribbing joke between two friends. Okay, I'll take that. Go to the end of the movie. She now has kind of control over these these visions. and, And you have the idea, at least, that when she's talking about the future, she's doing it for a reason. And they come in and they say, yeah, Ben is loving being an uncle because he has all the benefits without any of the responsibility. <laughs> and she says, oh, he has no idea what's coming his way. Mm. Well, what's coming his way? His brother and his sister-in-law are going to die and he is going to raise this child and have all the responsibility. Not only that, he's going to die too. <laughs> and Because of said child. And- <laughs> but or his or said got, child has a part to play in that in that but 
thing. But. Dakota Johnson plays the line as a joke. It is a one-liner. It is a reference to us. Breaking the fourth wall, maybe? I don't know. But she's making a reference that we get. I understood that reference. It's not a joke that Dakota Fanning's character should be making. If she really cares about this guy, why is she talking like this it's- about his future tragedy rewrites are awful just <laughs> well no really great movies are rewritten bad movies yeah, are no. filmed with the original script right <laughs> uh, no i mean, well yes yeah, yeah I mean, you're not wrong but even still but, this is, we know this is not the original script <laughs> according to yeah to, to this Dakota has gone Johnson. through well. this and this movie was written by the same people that wrote morbius i mean what was Sony thinking? That that definitely that tracks. Yeah. That tracks. So And I have an argument why this movie was made in the first place. Hey, if this was supposed to be a prequel to Andrew Garfield. No, it's not. That's a great why it should have been made. If this was supposed to be a prequel to Tom Holland, great why it should be made. But it, it's setting up a sequel that's never going to happen now, but it's, it's, it's setting up a sequel that never should have happened. It's it's nothing. It's more movie business stuff and not so much about the characters and the storylines or the ongoing storylines. I think this movie was made and left the made it way it was because maybe the Madam, the copyrights on the Madam Web character were about to go back to Marvel and Sony just did not want to let the character go. So they were like, okay, let's just make something and put it out there. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think that's all bundled together. Like all the Spider-Man stuff is all bundled together. Well, I, I don't know, but it's just, I, but, I recently found a podcast and I listened to the episode that where they talk about the, was it the 2015 reboot of Fantastic Four? And yeah, that was definitely what you're talking about. Yeah. And they were explaining that the reason why that version of Fantastic Four was made in the first place was just simply so Fox can retain the rights to the characters. It had nothing to do yeah. with, with making money at the box office. It was just all about retaining the rights to the characters. Well, and the same with the uh, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four from the 90s that didn't actually even get a theatrical release. They made the movie... Because the contract was you have to make a movie within this many years or you lose rights. And so Roger Corman, he's thinking he's making a movie because it's going to be released. Yep. Because Batman was big or whatever. Yeah. And and instead, there was no intention to release this movie. It technically speaking was not actually finished. Um, it might've gotten a single theater release or something like that to technically, you know, fulfill the contract, but that way they could keep the characters without having, you know, without losing the, the, um, the license or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I've got something like that where a publisher has, uh, licensed one of my, my IPs. And as long as they put money into it every once in a while, they don't have to give it up. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird because it's not being released, <laughs> but um, it's not. The other thing is they're not being like mean to me or anything like that. They're not trying to, you know, cheat me 
by not releasing things, but it's just kind of, okay, well, money, money's been spent. Okay. That means it extends the the contract a little bit longer. And it depends on the contract too. Like there are some contracts that say that, you know, the studio can only retain the characters through like 10 years. And then after the 10 years, they, it's, you know, it reverts back to the original author. Um, and it, it's nothing about, you know, renewing the characters, but it, with Fantastic Four and, and Fox, it was specifically about, we're going to make these really horrible versions just to retain the characters because we haven't come up yeah. with a good script yet. The, the one thing I would say about the newer Fantastic Four is I don't think that they were intentionally making a horrible movie that you, no they the intention was to make a movie that was going to make the money and then they mm-hmm. got into it and they're like well this isn't working but we still got to get it out there okay it so was the like they po- were stuck yeah what happened was uh so the podcast i was listening to is called what went wrong it's all about bad movies and how bad movies were made and um they said in their research they discovered that um the studio signed on with uh the director um i'll pull up his name here in a second um josh trank and josh trank had made this one really cool independent film chronicle yeah chronicle and chron and they and so fox brought him in and he said yeah i'm gonna make Fantastic Four to be sort of like this body horror film. And and I got the impression that Fox executives weren't really listening to him when he was pitching them his ideas. And so he goes and makes his movie. The script is not quite complete. They're going to finish this movie in reshoots uh, when they do have a good ending. And, but by the, t- you know, in between the main production shooting time period and the reshoots, Fox actually takes a look at, and they realize, oh, this is not the movie that we thought we were going to have. And so they essentially just took the movie away from Josh Trank, and it ruined his career, basically. It did. Yeah. It did. And, I mean, who knows what we would have gotten if he had his vision on the screen. But Yeah. But honestly, you want to that's the last time I got this upset about a movie was with that, with that fantastic four really? movie. Yeah. So that's why yeah. that movie is a hot mess. I, I really do recommend the, the podcast what went wrong. Uh, Cause they, they go into a deep dive about how everything was so wrong and that, you know, this movie had bad, bad publicity cause they cast a black man as Johnny storm. It's Michael B. Jordan. He's now a superstar. I mean, he improvised the line "Hey, Auntie" in Black Panther, and I just love him for it. I mean, it was just oh, he's just mwah. he's a, he's a great actor. I, actually, I mean, it's Jamie Bell, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, and Miles Teller. They're all really good actors now, and from what I understand, they're all still really close. They were then, yeah, and they, they were s- good actors then. I've I've heard Michael B. Jordan say, "Yeah, I'm still in contact with all of them. We have a group chat that we and we talk to each other all the time." And I think that's just so warm. And I, I, it's like the most beautiful thing that came out of that 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 dumpster fire is that this friend they, there's this friendship that came out, and I, I think that's lovely. You know what else came out of it that that's fascinating and wonderful, and I love is the the soundtrack by Philip Glass. Is it? 
Yeah. And, and there's another person who worked on the soundtrack with him. I can't remember the, the other name, but um, it is wonderful. And I found it on Spotify a few years ago. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give this a listen. It's Philip Glass. I didn't realize that. And I'm listening to it. And and there's, you know, there's hints of Alien in there. There's hints of other things. But it's just, it's great. It's great. Great soundtrack. Mm. So Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> Anyways. Here's one thing I did like. Okay. Okay. And I feel like it, it was a risky twist to play. But they played it. And it worked. And the phrase is. When you take on the responsibility, great power will come. I wrote down that line, too. I loved it. I like that line. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I feel like that is almost in some ways a, a more empowering line than with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Like if you're given the power, responsibility is expected of you. But this is saying, hey, if you take on the responsibility, you will rise to the occasion. Yeah. And there's there's just something to that. I really like that. But the context with the whatever, the South American tribe or whatever it is, uh, just I... there's so much to that whole thing with the spider tribe and, and the 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 webbing that they the red webbing that they wear that looks like the. Uh, webbing design on Spider-Man's costume and the, and the, the way that is wrapped around their heads, you know, is made to look like the Spider-Man mask, which is why, Oh, it makes sense that Ezekiel would look like this, which here's the thing. These three girls in the present day, 2003. Yeah. Are being tracked to be killed by a guy wearing a Spider-Man suit. It's not a Spider-Man suit in their universe yet, but to us, that's what it is, a Spider-Man suit. So they decide when they get powers in the future to create costumes that look like they were made by the same person as his costume. Like, think about that. Think about that. You 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 get attacked by a serial killer who is wearing a NASA t-shirt. Okay. And he doesn't kill you. It doesn't, it doesn't take. All right. You're just mostly dead. Okay. But years later, after the trial, he goes to jail. You start wearing NASA shirts all the time. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not going to do that. You, 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 every time you see the see NASA, you're going to say, oh, I, oh, it makes me think of this horrible experience I had. You're not going to do that. And there, there's no reason for them to, to do that kind of, it, it's, it'd be one thing if, Okay, I went to my I went to a Star Trek convention and I'm wearing my Star Trek outfit. I got attacked by a rabid dog. But I'm not going to let that stop me from wearing my Star Trek outfit. That was something that was me before and I'm going to do it now. It's not like that for them. Nope. No, it's after the fact. It's like if I got attacked by a rabid dog wearing a Star Trek shirt, I'm like, "Well, I'm going to wear a Star Trek shirt now because I mean, I'm being a little ridiculous. No, you're not. I get that. No, it's, it's, I am. it's but at the same time, <sighs> I thought the weird, it doesn't make sense for, for the, the people in per, uh, Peru who were part of the spider people clan. I thought it, the webbing costume was so weird. And it, again, it took me out of the movie. If it takes me out of the movie, 
it's not succeeding. It <sighs> existed for one reason and one reason only. And that is to let these people wear costumes that look like Spider-Man and make it kind of make sense because Spider-Man hasn't even been born yet. It's a hot mess. Okay. It's hot. We've talked a long time about this movie, Okay, but studio Avery at gmail.com listeners, let us know what you thought about this movie. If you saw it, if you plan to see it, if you don't plan to see it, let us know. But right now I'm just, Here's the thing. I did not like this movie when I left the theater. The more I think about this movie, the less I like it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we go out on a high note? Yes. Okay. There was one joke where everyone in the theater laughed at this joke. Uh, Cassie is in her apartment. She's reading her mom's book. She's trying to figure things out, what's going on with this, these spiders and what does this have to do with me? And what's going on with me? And she reads in this in her mom's notebook that these spider people can climb walls. And she tries to climb a wall, and it is an utter failure. And the way she does it is just funny. And that's the one joke that everybody laughed at. Um, Don't even watch the whole movie. Just wait until that scene comes on YouTube. It's okay. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. I- I feel like I've just been down on this movie. I I I I did a um, road trip episode for Strangers and Aliens. I haven't edited it yet because it's a little bit long. I feel like it's longer than the movie deserves. I feel like this episode, Samantha, that we're doing right now is longer than the movie is deserves. It? But I don't know. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, yeah. But then I, I would also say let's not put too much effort into <laughs> editing it down because <laughs> what does this movie deserve? But mm. um. Yeah, I just uh, I came out of the with a little bit less vitriol than I have right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's time to close this down. But there was Samantha. that one joke that worked. There was that one. Hey, also, Madam Web, no post credit. So guess what? For this episode, nope, no post credit. We're doing this. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna riff on their post credit, and we're not gonna do one ourselves. Okay. Because I'm mad. <laughs> no, blame you. And we already talked about the news, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got your post credit at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Or the beginning of the <laughs> episode here. All right. Let's, it's time to say goodbye, Samantha. Okay. So. All right. I, everyone. Should I even thank oh, the Patreon ahead. patrons or do they, should we just, you know, protect their shame? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say thank you for sure. Patreon patrons, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for sticking with us. Yes. If you have. Okay. So <laughs> so I will thank Dave, Julie, Blessed Cheesemaker, Jeffrey, Andrew, and Tazzle. Thank you all so very much. And I will say there is one great lesson you can learn from this movie, but it's definitely a lesson where they're saying, do as I say, not as I do. And that lesson is this. Seriously, don't do dumb things. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us. Now we'd love to hear from you. 
You can leave us a voicemail by calling one seven seven five five level 7 That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. And Godspeed. You're still here? It's over.